welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. For those of you that are loyal listeners, you'll already be familiar with the CARES, the family traveling to all 50 states in 52 weeks in their motorhome, meeting with other kids and families to see how other people in our country live. In the first interview, episode 45, they had just shadowed kids who were real-life cowboys, spending their days on ranches and weightlifters competing and training. In our second interview, episode 61, they had just finished spending time with the Amish and walking the sacred ground of Gettysburg. And now, they've just finished up Hawaii and Alaska, and they are here to tell us the stories of their latest adventures as they finish up the 50th state and return home. So stay tuned to catch up with the CARES. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. Matt and Lindsay, welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. Thanks for having us back. Hey, rather than me giving a reintroduction to this whole grand adventure that you guys have been on, let's start by having you bring everyone, primarily those who are not familiar with your story, up to speed on where you've been and what you've been doing. Um, Why did this whole thing get started? So uh, we're the CARES. Um, We have four kids and five or so years ago, I do video and television production and about five or so years ago, Lindsay and I were laying in bed in our little house and um, and she was saying, what ideas do you have for TV shows that you want to do? Because I was working on lots of different TV shows and and I had brainstormed a couple of ideas and, and I said, well, I had this idea where we would like go on the road and see all 50 states. And I called it 50 by 52, 50 states in 52 weeks. And we'd see all 50 states with and, and see it from a kid's perspective. And uh, and she looked at me and she said, that doesn't really sound that fun <laughs> because <laughs> we had little kids at the time and um, she could just see herself in a motorhome with these little kids and uh, me out filming all day long and then uh, coming back and, and, um, and just doing the fun things with the kids and then and not having to take care of all the other things. And so then about a year and a half ago, a year and a half before we took the actual trip, um, Lindsay came to me and said, hey, you remember that idea where we like go and see all 50 states? We should do that. And I was like, uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> because at the time I had uh, lots of clients and I had been busy with my work and, and um, I was working on several TV shows and, and just loved where my career was. And I, I thought I'm going to have to give up, um, you know, everything that I'm doing. And, and uh, but the more we talked about it, the more we decided that this was something that we wanted to do, whether it took off as a television show or not, we wanted to do it for an experience for our family. And how old were your kids? How how old are they now? Yeah, now they're 14, 13, 10, and 6. And they were all just, you know, a year younger than that when we when we left. Okay, so last time we talked, you guys were in Rhode Island. Where have you been since Rhode Island? Since Rhode Island. Let's see. Yeah, we just came down the East Coast and then spent most of the winter in the southern United States. 
And then we, yeah, we made it back to Utah. Matt had an appointment um, to do a shoot for the Olympics. So we had to come back for that. After Matt finished up with the Olympics, then we wrapped up the last four states. We flew to Hawaii. We did a cruise down Alaska and then drove home through Washington and Oregon. So what, what are the biggest, most memorable, interesting parts of this last leg of your adventure? Oh, <laughs> there are so many. So the the South is is massive. Texas is huge. We actually drove across Texas three times um, because our, our motorhome broke down in Arkansas. Well, the slides wouldn't go back in. Um, and and so there are so many places and there are so many people. It, it's interesting because the East Coast, um, you don't realize how many states and how many people are jammed into this little well, fairly large area, but comparatively to the rest, compared to the rest of the United States, it's not that big. Um, and, and so we ended up covering a lot more ground in our last half of the trip um, than, than the first, really. So what was your greatest adventure? Um, gosh, I would say, honestly, one of our greatest adventures um, during that last part was when our motorhome broke down. <laughs> it really was. It was broken down for 19 days. The engine was totally fine. It was just this one slide on the side that was having problems. And we took it to this tiny little shop where they really didn't have the equipment they needed to repair it. So 19 days later, um, we came back to pick it up and it still was broken. <laughs> Oh, so, where did you go for 19 days? Yeah, so we ended up just renting a car and staying in hotels, which really was actually kind of a nice break from the RV. And uh, we all enjoyed just the smallness of our vehicle. We could maneuver parking lots so beautifully. Right? You don't yeah. really appreciate that until you're trying to drive a trailer or a motorhome around. Totally. Totally. Just yesterday I was at Costco and there was a lady who had a bumper pull trailer and she had like pulled into the main body of the parking lot and I was like, what is she doing? <laughs> what a mistake. Because it is, it's just like your your gut is just in your throat every time you get, you know, anywhere where you're going to have to maneuver. It's such a pain. So anyway. Um, well, maybe what looked like a, a tragic thing is... Um, turns out to be something that's actually like a bonus. You got to switch things up a little bit and stay in hotels and that had to be fun for the kids too. Totally, it was, yeah, it was, it was super fun. We absolutely loved some of the Southern states. Yeah, New Mexico, White Sands National Monument was probably one of our favorite places of the whole trip. Tell and me what happened there. Yeah, White Sands is just one of those places that is just unearthly. It's so gorgeous. It's uh, gypsum um, is the is what the sand is made out of there, and it just looks like snow. So they rent sleds in their visitor center there, and you can put wax on the bottom of the sled. And then, um, yeah, the kids went sledding. It was, it was like the middle of the winter, and, and their feet were just a little tiny bit nippy cold, but they were barefoot out just running through the sand in the middle of winter. How it fun. was super fun. Loved it. Did you guys shadow any other families in that last part? In the South, we did. Mm -hmm. I remember in Tennessee, uh, one family, uh, uh, an artist that we shadowed. Um, so her, it was really interesting because... Uh, at that time, that, that was one of the first times that our motorhome broke down. This, this slide, the thing that's interesting is that you don't recognize that uh, these 18 inches, this slide is only 18 inches, and, and you don't think that that makes that big of a difference. But when it won't go back in or when you don't push it out, 
18 inches in that small of a space is a big difference. Mm. <laughs> and, and so, uh, the first time it was stuck out, one of the first times it was stuck out was when we were in Tennessee and we were stuck in this parking lot and, um, we were supposed to have gone to meet this artist and we just kept texting her, uh, we'll be a little bit late. Uh, we're hoping that the repair guy calls us back. Uh, we haven't heard back from the repair guy okay, we got a lift car. We're coming to you now. <laughs> um, and it was really interesting because she, that day I was kind of in a funk and we went to go meet her and um, something that she said really stuck with me. She talked about how she, she's an artist and, and she said, I never had given my chance myself the chance to be an artist. I, as soon as I graduated with my master's degree, I started teaching immediately. And uh, once I started teaching, I never really was trying to sell my art because my needs, my needs were met. And she said, I got a tax return and I looked at that check and I said, this is my chance. And so she said that was, it was just enough to, to cover my rent and my utilities and food and stuff for about a month. And I said, I'm going to use this as my jumping off point to be, to become an artist, to, to follow my dream. And after that time period, if I haven't made a go of it, then, you know, I've always got, my backup plan, but I'm going to make this, I'm going to try and make this go. And she said, so I started painting every day. Um, and she said, I figured that if I painted every single day, by the end of the year, I would have 365 paintings. And there may be some that weren't my best, but out of 365, there had to be at least a certain amount that were sellable that people would pay money for. And um, she she made a go of it. And now she's, that's what she does. She's an artist. And it made me think about like the, the things that we do every single day. Like, you know, I can, if I don't like man, that's what was happening in Tennessee. I wasn't really managing my thoughts about like uh, this, you know, this is a moment in time. And what am I going to take from this moment in time? Am I going to learn from it or am I going to wallow in this moment? And um, that was a big lesson that I learned. So, we're in the middle of the 21 day challenge now for July. And so there's a whole group, there's 10 of us. And yesterday was challenge number three, I believe, which was take something that happens to you today that doesn't go as you wanted it to go and find meaning in it. And if it's, if it's, there's not something that happens directly today, something that you've been dealing with that didn't go as you wanted and find that meaning. Um, how many of those types of situations did you run into? Because we've been practicing this, so this is, you know, mm -hmm. top of mind and something we talk about on the podcast a lot. But in your in your grand adventure, being gone, being out there, I would guess you'd run into that kind of thing pretty often because you're constantly adjusting mindsets and expectations and you're in close quarters. Um, do you have other experiences? How often did that kind of thing pop up? Yeah, I think quite often. Um... I think, yeah, that I love the phrase, like, how is this perfect for me? You know, just thinking of, yeah, how, what just different situations that otherwise, you know, with, yeah, maybe without the, uh, the proper mindset you might see as a failure or as a tragedy or a disaster. Um, I honestly, it was funny because yes, we had that breakdown in Tennessee and then we had later, we had the breakdown for 19 days in Arkansas. 
And the, the, the second time in Arkansas, it didn't even phase us. Like we refused to like to get overwhelmed by it. And so we would just call every day and be like, nope, not ready. <laughs> but it was, I think the, the one in Tennessee was more like, this is a real problem. This is a problem, you know? And so the second time we just like refused to label it as a problem. It was just like, it was, it just happened, you know? And Look so, at you getting so good at it, like with a little <laughs> bit of practice. <laughs> Suddenly you're pros. <laughs> well, the first time it was just obviously not helping, you know, it just didn't help. And I think that's something our kids learned a lot on this trip too. Um, just, you know, think just their mindset and how important it was to, um, like they argued a lot on this trip. They, they had so much time together and just so many opportunities to converse with one another. So lots of positive interactions, lots of positive conversations, but so many opportunities to, to also not get along. And, um, and so I think they did, they kind of had to, they were forced into maturing, uh, in their relationships with each other and to kind of be like, you know, hey, you can have a bad day and that doesn't mean we all have to have a bad day. You can be, you know, you can like be kind of a jerk and I don't have to respond to that. And I don't know, it was kind of like speed maturation for their sibling relationship. So did you coach them through all of that? We did. Yeah. For you. What we a great did. opportunity, right? There had to be so many things that those kids learned on this besides the exposure to the people and the places. You also get this real life stuff that's just messy. And for kids, they're just trying to figure out how to navigate it. They mm -hmm. haven't, they haven't, you know, they don't have that maturity or experience in how to do that kind of thing yet. Um, that's really cool. Well, and before we could coach them, we had to coach ourselves often. Well, I had to coach myself often. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and, and that was something that was, we learned a lot on this trip about, uh, kind of coaching ourselves through things and, and, and looking at things, whether they are, you know, whether this is a circumstance or a, a thought or a feeling or a, an action or a result or what it is, because, um, sometimes we want to mislabel things. And, and so if we mislabel it, um, we're, if we're going to look at everything and say, oh, this is, this is a circumstance, this is happening to me, but it's really our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not going to be helpful if we, we can control our thoughts. Um, and so we controlled our thoughts about the, the motorhome. The first time I didn't, I, I remember I literally was writing a book in my head. Um, the water's raining down on me and I'm cold and naked and there's, and I'm stuck in the middle of this parking lot in Tennessee. Like I had like, I sort of love and, that. And then, <laughs> I can just picture you there in this state of woe and discouragement. And I and, can see that. Well, and, and it was like, you know, it was in my mind, it was like, this is the, like the lowest point. And then I was like, well, if that's the lowest point, then, then where are the highest points? Like, am I going to stick in here? It, I love, you know, thinking about the hero's journey and, and thinking about like, um, if I'm the hero of my own story, I'm not going to wallow in the forest. I'm not going to stay here in this shower and and die. <laughs> I'm going to get out there and, and do something about it. So there was a lot of self-coaching going on. Good for you. I, I mean, it's kudos to you guys for being the type of people that understand or self-aware and know how to do that. Find your find your way out. Yeah, except for when we're not. But <laughs> no, the last couple of months, our 14 year old um, lots of times was like, I just wish we were home. I just wish we were home, you know. And so it was it was good just to remind ourselves and him, you know, that when we get home, it's not going to be any different. Like every day you have to just choose, you know, how do you like, how do you want to show up in your life today? And so being here, being there, it always it always, you know, sometimes feels like 
um, yeah, like when you get home, it'll be better. But that reminder that wherever you go, there you are, you know, you still just get to choose every day how you want to respond. But I remember, um, being actually being in my twenties. And when I rub up against something really hard, I think I just need a change. I'm going to leave and it's going to change things, but it, it wouldn't, you know, I could move to a whole different state and I'd end up being there. My head was still there. All the same things were still there. I'm like, this didn't change anything. And it took just a couple times till you figure out that you are wherever you're going to be. It's all in your head, what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. So how's he been since he got home? Is he like, yay, we're home. That's so much better. Or is he just still like, okay, I have to decide that it's okay here too. Yeah. He definitely was excited to be back with a bigger circle of friends besides his parents and siblings. <laughs> that was, that was a joy to him. But yeah, for sure. He realized quickly, I think, you know, that, yeah, that, that there weren't that many differences. So Alaska and Hawaii are really big, fabulous places, right? How fun was that with your kids? Sightseeing has kind of a different meaning for us than it used to, I think. Um, The first couple months of our trip, sightseeing was very exciting and it felt like a vacation. And by the last couple months of our trip, it it was really like work and it was still fun and it was still cool, but it didn't feel like a vacation. It totally felt like work. So even though we were going to Alaska and Hawaii, which most people would totally think of as a vacation, our kids definitely in their heads were kind of like, okay, we're back to work, you know, (laughs) we're back to the grind. Interesting. Like (laughs) just too much of a good thing, right? Anytime you don't have balance, it doesn't matter what you're getting too much of. After a while, it's going to be too much. For sure. Yeah. We did stay. We didn't stay in an RV though at all, you know, for Alaska and Hawaii. So I think that part definitely felt more vacationish. And Alaska was a cruise, so the kids got all-you-can-eat cookies and bacon for seven days. <laughs> they enjoyed that thoroughly. Yeah, that was the that was the carrot that we kept dangling in front of them. That okay, when we go to Alaska, we can do a cruise. So that kept them with us for the other forty-nine states. <laughs> well, you guys sound tired. <laughs> you sound like um, like you ready to wrap it all up. I think tired. Um, is a good thing in a lot of ways. We, we were talking about this the other day that like it feels so good at the end of the day to fall in bed and be like, oh, I'm tired and I accomplished so much. And and that was kind of, I feel like in a lot of ways that was kind of how the trip was. Um, we We accomplished and saw so many things and we had so many highs and so many lows. I was telling Lindsay this morning when we were talking about it that um, it's kind of like a, you know, diamonds are made by compressing coal, right? And and over however many hundreds of years, but they have man-made diamonds that they, they take this coal and they compress it really, really fast. And I feel like that's kind of how this trip was. Like it was, it was speed growth <laughs> in a lot of ways, but um, it was good for us. It was, it was super good for us. And I think I, I wouldn't change I don't think I would change any of it. I love that view of, that's a super positive take on tired. I love that. I mean, really, it's just at the end of the day, we're exhausted. We've done a lot. We've experienced a lot. And now we just get to feel good that we get to fall into bed. Yeah, and I didn't expect this, but already the other day, our, so our two oldest kids are going to Montana next summer to spend the whole summer. They're going to work at a ranch. So we'll just have our two younger ones at home. And I was talking to them this morning, just saying, what do you think we should do next summer when the, t- when the two oldest kids are gone? And 
and we all decided that we think we should hit the road. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I think next summer, we'll, who knows, maybe we'll change our minds, but, but it's... I'm surprised <laughs> I thought they were going to say, let's not go anywhere. Totally. Let's stay right here. That is what they said this summer. They, yeah, most days they just asked to stay home. <laughs> but maybe next summer we'll, we'll get adventurous again and go somewhere. So anyway, who knows? So out of everything then, your whole year, summarizing this whole big trip, what would you say is your biggest takeaway or your biggest positive and what was the most challenging part of it? I think um, one thing that was kind of fun uh, at the very end was kind of coming full circle. So we, um, what got us kind of to go on the trip, not got us to go on the trip, but like what inspired us um, to, uh, to make massive change to go on the trip was uh, well, and let's put in right here for people who don't know their massive change included selling their house and selling all their furniture. I mean, literally uprooting their entire life, putting their kids in this motor home and taking off. So they they totally pulled up all routes. That's a that's a big decision. OK, and, go and on. It, it was. And it's funny because uh, Lindsay loves listening to this podcast or yeah, this podcast um, from this life coach, Jody Moore. Uh, it's called A Bold New Mom or now it's called Better Than Happy. And, um, and she said, you know, make massive, if you want to make something happen, you need to take massive action. And, and so it was funny cause I came home one day and like Lindsay had started selling, like the couch was gone and, and the beds were like, <laughs> the mattresses were on the floor. There were no more, you know, the box springs were gone. And, and I was like, uh, I guess this is really happening. And, and Lindsay was like, Jody says, take massive action. So it was kind of fun. Cause when we went to, um, Washington, that's where, she she lives and I had messaged her and told her about our trip and and uh, and said you know we'd love to shadow your family and and she thought that sounded kind of fun and and so we we came full circle we were able to go and shadow spend a day with their family and and I said it's kind of your fault and, and she said hey I said take a massive action I didn't say sell all your stuff <laughs> but <laughs> let's define massive action yeah. <laughs> but it's um, I think that has been like the experiences of controlling your, like learning how to manage your thoughts and manage, like looking at everything and saying, this is just, these are circumstances. How am I going to approach these circumstances? Every, every single, and, and there were so many people that we met um, on the trip that, that I think, I don't know if they see it exactly that way, but uh, that's how I interpret it their lives is that they they see what they're doing and they say okay this is a circumstance how am i going what am i going to do with this circumstance how am i going to think about this how am i going to feel about it how am i going to act upon it and and what are my results going to be and there were so many people um that were like that so your most powerful part of this experience was seeing this in other people as they created their lives on purpose and then actually being in an ideal situation for constant implementation of this same skill. Absolutely. I guess so. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way, but I think you're right. And you know what we, else we did? We went to lots of historical sites and presidential uh, libraries and just learning about the uh, just the history of the United States and the presidents um, of the United States who have who have guided our country in so many amazing ways. And then just meeting like the mayors of little towns and just going to little um, community events in different cities across the, the U.S. Um, I think just the reality of contribution is, is was a huge takeaway for me. The reality that every single person who contributes makes a difference, you know. 
and it really made me want to come home and just like vote and like you know like just be nice to my neighbors and and maybe even do something kind of more more extreme like um I don't know like maybe I don't know run for an office sometime in my life or I don't know just something that you know that good for that you. I never thought of doing before you know like yeah. it's just the reality that there are people just like us out there that you know that are doing those things and making this country the amazing place it is what a great insight so. truly right so what was the most difficult part about it the most difficult part about it was <clears throat> uh for me was finding my own value recognizing my own value as a as a husband and as a provider and as a you know as a the man my my whole life has been or well my whole married life anyway my value that i've seen has been um i can provide for my family i go out and you know caveman kill something and drag it home kind of thing and suddenly we i i had gone on hiatus from from all the projects i was working on i basically finished everything with every single client or passed them off to somebody else and said you know okay i'm you know i'm i'm on this trip and all of a sudden uh, i wasn't bringing any money in um we were living off the proceeds of our house sale and uh that was taking us through the through the trip and i had to really think about my personal value like if I never worked again, if I never contributed again, if I was never to, you know, bring in another dollar, would I, would I still have value? And it was really, really hard for me because I had to figure out where I placed my personal value. And that, yeah, that was um, a major internal struggle and something that I, I think I continue or probably will continue to, um, to refine because I know I know now, you know, I knew then that I had more value than, than just what I brought in monetarily. But, um, sometimes, like I was saying, sometimes we mislabel things and we, we look at something and say, oh, this is what that means. And, and that's not what it means at all, but, um, that's our tricky brains want to do that. And so that's something that was probably the hardest thing for me. You get those stories from the way you're brought up from you know, familial expectation from religion, from all of these things that set these expectations for us and to make any kind of a shift out of, you know, whatever your interpretation, not necessarily that they meant it that way, but that was your interpretation of it. Um, and then to shift out of that when it's a lifelong belief that t that's really powerful. That's a hard shift to make. So do you mind if I ask, did you have to tackle that on your own because it's your own mindset or was it something that you could do with Lindsay and getting her feedback and saying, no, you're really valuable despite the fact, you know, just you, who you are, love you just the way you are. It's not about the money. And does that make any difference? Did she say that or was she was <laughs> I was like, that would have been nice. <laughs> no, it, it, it was interesting because, um, because I could have, and I did go to Lindsay often about like, you know, we talked about, we talked about so many things I, on the trip. Um, we had so much time together and so much time to think about things and talk about things and reflect. And, and so we did talk about that quite frequently, but ultimately like if I kept, if I went to her and, and, was looking for her to validate me, then that would just be something that would just be another thing that would just be something else besides the money or besides the, you know, that would be external validation again. So you didn't need that. And I, well, you know, I, I could have taken that I could have sought that out. But 
ultimately I knew that if that's what, you know, if I was seeking that out again and saying, okay, well, do you think I'm valid? <laughs> ultimately, you know, then what if someday... She didn't. She didn't. Mm -hmm. What if someday, you know, something horrible happened and she died and then I don't have that validity anymore? Mm -hmm. Or... or um, she didn't love me anymore and, and we ended up being separated. And so then I'd have to find my value again. And so ultimately I had to get to the point where I had to recognize that um, I have value. And you look at a little baby, Lindsay said this the other day and I loved it. You look at a little baby, um, you know, you don't say to this baby, oh, as soon as you're walking, talking, can change your own diapers and have a college education, then I'll say you're valid, but I love you anyway. You know, you don't <laughs> say that to a little baby. A baby has validity because it's alive. It is, it has value. And all of us are alive. All of us have value. We just simply from the fact that we are living, breathing creatures. I mean, that in and of itself, you know, you are a miracle. You look at everything that has to line up scientifically and biologically for you to have this body that you have and to be in the place where you are, it's a miracle. And so for us to, you know, to say, okay, well, yeah, but you didn't bring in that extra hundred dollars this month. You know, what kind of a nightmare do we put ourselves through? Beautifully said. And if we could all get that right, if there wasn't always that question of self-worth in the back of our minds, how powerful would we be? So, Lens, what about you? On a more shallow note, <laughs> <laughs> laundry for sure. <laughs> no, but for real, like the just the tight living quarters, I think, was probably the trickiest part for me personally, just not having very much personal space or personal time. And not having the conveniences and the um and the love from home. I just I think we all felt lonely. It was so super funny to watch the kids when we'd go places and meet up with another family. Like immediately they were just like friends and they just <laughs> grasp on and then they felt so sad when we had to leave them because they knew that we would have to leave them. And anyway, so just the just the luxuries I think of home, including friendships and and family relationships. I think that was tricky. So what's ahead for the CARES? Just keeping on, yeah. We jumped back into things. We bought a house. Um, it's an armpit, so <laughs> we're fixing it up. We Yeah, we bought a total fixer-upper that, did you, do you like when I call it an armpit? Have <laughs> <laughs> like, I offended our choice of a house? <laughs> or are we offending armpits? So you have 50 projects that you need to get done in your house in 52 weeks. At uh -huh. least. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because uh, I love this. Lindsay said this the other day. Our family has decided that discomfort we run towards discomfort um, mm, because love that. Right. It, it really, it, it, you know, it pushes us, um, but it creates all that possibility. So true. I think once you've experienced discomfort, you know, for that many days in a row, it's almost like addicting. Like you just, you, you know how good it feels to, you know, to like meet up with a family and get to know them and then to drive somewhere new, I don't know, there's just some, like, just this euphoric feeling of, like, that was super hard and super uncomfortable. Let's do it again tomorrow. <laughs> and so I think we totally are, like, kind of, we're kind of um, discomfort junkies now. And we, yeah, like, we're, we're just like, ah, oh, what, what else could we do that would push us, that would make us uncomfortable, that will, 
that will also, you know, feel amazing when we've, when we've accomplished it. So, so Lindsay, what's pushing you now? Yeah. So yeah, on the trip, I um, had this kind of come to Jesus about my incessant need to have security in our finances. <laughs> and I've always thought that that job was Matt's, you know, and I've always kind of pressured him to maybe you should get a full-time job because he's always freelanced and I've never liked the insecurity of that income. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. I could provide income <laughs> and it could even be consistent and it might even include health benefits. But <laughs> like all those things that I've always wanted him to give me, you know, I, I, it just like hit me or you could provide that. So anyway, so that's been fun. I've been um, just discovering my options for career choices and, um, and just heading down some fun paths with that. So do you want to share what those paths look like? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I did training. Um, the the life coach that Matt was talking about before Jody Moore, her coach is named Brooke Castillo, and she has the life coach school in Dallas, Texas. And so I went there for a week in May and trained. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be a certified life coach by the end of August, and I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to use it yet. Um, but I will be a certified yeah life and weight coach at the end of August, and and then I'm going to be doing an entrepreneurial. Um, training for a year after that as well. So we'll see where it takes me. Exciting and uncomfortable things ahead. <laughs> I love Lindsay always says discomfort is the, what is it? Discomfort is the currency for your dreams. Thank you for, for being here with us again for this whole year, for sharing your adventures, the things you've learned, the things you've enjoyed taking us along on that trip. No problem. Thank you for your interest in it. It's been really our pleasure to share it with you. Betty Fredon said, We couldn't possibly know where it would lead, but we knew it had to be done. This quote reminds me of the cares. It reminds me of all of the guts and grit it took to head out on an adventure that they didn't know the outcome to, that they knew was going to be a great adventure. It had been something in the back of their minds that they had talked about, something that drew them to following this dream and this excitement of taking their family out on the road to see what would happen. And they couldn't possibly know where it would lead. But now as they've wrapped it up, they've had tremendous adventures. They've learned, they've struggled. Um, such is life, right? In the in the the messiness of it, it is filled with beauty. It is filled with insight. It is filled with the struggle and the downtimes that allow us to learn and figure out how do we get control of that mindset. How do we learn and evolve and become better at this thing called living? being here with us on this episode of the love your story podcast as we close things up with the cares and they end their travels if you would like to see more of their adventures or see some of their adventures you can find them on 50by52.com and on youtube instagram and facebook they've got a great social media presence he's a great videographer there's some some good film If you're a loyal listener of the podcast and you have not yet left us a review on iTunes, it would sure mean a lot to us if you would. It's great to have current reviews and to hear from our listeners what they're liking about the show and the episodes that are really hitting home. 
And just a reminder on the website, loveyourstorypodcast.com, we have tools that we've created specifically to help you get the most out of the story that you're creating for your life. So the 21 day life connection challenge, we've started doing that in groups. Our first group was in July and um, it's going fabulously. We're going to be doing one every other month from now on. So sign up and your group leader will get in touch with you. There's also the tools for helping you reframe your past stories or any story consulting. Reach out and get in touch with me and we will work in the direction that serves you best. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next week.